Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny. Thank you so much for joining me today for our Flourish Podcast. I'm working on a series about raising up leadership teams within our churches. I've chosen to use an acronym, and that is the word TREES, taken from Isaiah 61, where we are referred to as Oaks of Righteousness. So I have letters that coincide with characteristics that were my objective to download or to impart into the team that I was working with um, in my local church. The T stands for teachable. We've covered that. The R is for restored, and we've covered that. And then lastly, we covered E for established. This time, we're going to use the E that stands for equipped. Any organization or a company or a military branch or team that hopes to be effective in any way, shape, or form requires being trained or equipped. I'm going to, at the end of this podcast, share some of the process of the equipping and training of my women's leadership team. But first, I want to cover some other things. So let's really think about this for a minute and ask ourselves if we are being purposeful in our local churches about training people, groups of people, to help mentor, serve, counsel, come alongside the members of our local church. That's something that bore so much fruit in my life and the ministry that God gave for me to do. Philippians 2, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. So he says here, that the outcropping of fellowship of the Spirit, affection and compassion, equals being of the same mind, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. So, if that's the objective, that we would all have this same heart that's really unified and on the same page, and that we really understand vision as a group together, where everybody's just not kind of doing their own thing and, you know, off in their own ideas. But we all come together as a local expression of the body of Christ with kind of like one trumpet call, one vision for, for what our goals and objectives it are. So, is that possible in any endeavor or any business or any place that you can think of without training and equipping? Is that possible? Think about it. Even in a, let's just say, a first grade class, if there are no instructions, 
no objectives, no standards, no rules, no leadership, think about what that class will look like. That first grade class would be completely chaotic. All the kids would be running around, having a gay old time, doing whatever they felt like doing, and it would be total chaos. There could probably even be a lot of fighting amongst, amongst each other because there's no leadership. There's no vision. The Bible talks about without a vision, God's people perish. So when you're talking about local church and you're talking about leadership teams, we have to instill some vision in what we're trying to accomplish. If we want to be on the same page of one heart, one mind, one purpose, there has to be some imparted vision. And we talked about that word earlier. We talked about the word entrust. And it meant that, that 2 Timothy 2.2 talks about to entrust these things to faithful men and women who will do likewise. That means to instill, drop by drop, bit by bit, little by little, just slowly infuse that into someone's life. That, again, does not just happen randomly or by a fluke. Sometimes, you know, as leaders and and pastors or pastors' wives, which I am one of, we think that people will just find maybe their, their place of leadership, their thing that God has called them to in that local body, just if we mention some opportunities that are available on a Sunday. Or if they hear really great messages, they're going to catch a vision that, wait a minute, I should be involved somehow. I'll figure out what that looks like. My experience is that it is incumbent upon us to be very purposeful and to train and equip the people in our churches for service. I'd like to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. This is such a wonderful picture of what it looks like to see people trained and equipped. And it says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Wow, that's amazing. Now, I know it's talking about apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers here, but the principle applies on through delegated authority of different avenues, dimensions, whatever, within the church. The objective would be that the saints would be equipped for the work of service that they would become these oaks of righteousness that Isaiah 61 talks about, that they would rebuild ancient ruins and restore former devastations until we all attain to the unity of faith, 
to a mature man, no longer tossed here and there, no longer falling prey to deceitful scheming, but growing up in all aspects into him, from whom the whole body were held together by what everyone supplies. And we all work together, each part, and the body builds itself up in love. Now, I'm going to ask the question again. Do you think that that just automatically happens in a local church? I don't believe so. I believe there has to be some clear leadership, some equipping, some training, some very purposeful follow-through in what we are pouring into people and even into leadership people around us, into leadership teams. I'm going to share briefly what I did when I was, just by, by way of example, when I had decided that, okay, it's time for me to no longer think I can do all this by myself to help the women in the church, I'm going to need some people around me. And then likewise, I'm going to need them to get some people around them. So I called together some ladies. And my first thing that I did was I, I sent them an invitation, inviting them to a fact-finding meeting, like where I would spell out what I was looking to do. I was looking to really train people to do what 2 Timothy 2.2 said, to entrust things to them, to pour into them so that they then could restore former devastations, that they could come alongside and really pour themselves into the people, in the, the women in the body. So after I gave them that initial invitation, I gave them several weeks to ponder whether, do you want to be a part of this leadership team? Are you up for that? It's okay if you're, if you're not because it's a big requirement. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require a lot of your time and your energy and your heart. And so then when they signed on to be a part of that team, which amazingly they all did, everyone that I invited, we began to meet. And for whatever reason, I, at that point in time, wanted to meet every week. So we had a meeting every week to begin to train and to be equipped for, for the objective that we were trying to follow through on, to become mature men, solid women, solid people that could really minister to others. Some of the curriculum that I didn't just meet with them every week just to meet, we had very clear curriculum. Some of that included understanding the Bible, learning how to hear from God and to journal and to, to know that you're hearing from God. Learn how to live by faith. What does that really mean? What does that look like? How do we apply faith in our life? Forgiveness, seeing God correctly through the right interpretation of the scripture, seeing him as he describes himself, counseling others, being under authority, dealing with offense. We even did role-playing on how to handle offenses that would come, as they certainly will, in the local church, leading a small group, so much more. We were very purposeful and very clearly were trying to equip people. So I'd like to encourage you, if you're a pastor, a pastor's wife, and your heart is to have a really solid church that is of one mind and really works well together and really knows how to live life together in a way that is not only so rewarding, but is so much fun, then I encourage you to be very purposeful about equipping people in your local church. 
maybe begin to pull some people together and say, I'm going to start somewhere, and I'm going to start by having this team around me that I'm going to instill principles, instill DNA that God has put in my heart. I'm going to entrust to faithful men or women the things that God has entrusted to me. You won't be sorry. It's such a rewarding, long-term, fruitful endeavor. So I just want to encourage you to consider doing that. And thank you again for joining me today. And we'll end up this series next week with the letter S, which stands for serving. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.